0: Okay, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Figure It Out podcast with me, Chandler Collins. Playoff football time of the week. What a wild card weekend. Super wild card weekend, if you will. Last weekend, Johnny Rowe joins me this evening. No Blaine Wheeler. He's taking care of business in Baltimore, I believe. I think he's flying home as we speak. So just me and Johnny tonight. We're here to break down everything ahead of us for the divisional round. Johnny, before we do that, what's up, brother?
1: Hey, what's up, Chandler? Um, for the listeners who have complained about our audio, uh, mine should be better now. My wife, for a delayed Christmas gift, got me a pretty sick microphone set up uh, for, like for my office. Yeah, <laughs> I'm way cooler than Rogan, though, and taller. Yeah, Um, but no, man, things are going well right now. Um, you know, th- th- it's—I mentioned this a while ago about this time of the year, the playoffs. Um, it's funny as a Chiefs fan, like I feel like I'm being too cocky, but like the the, the season's now started, right? Like because we expect to be here. Uh, we expect to not be playing in the wild card round, and it was a great wild card round. But we, we as Chiefs fans, expect to be here. The Chiefs will kick off the the divisional round uh, on Saturday afternoon. Couldn't be more excited for it. Think they got a great draw uh, for 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 their matchup uh, with the Jaguars. I want, I I just didn't want to play the Chargers a third time. But uh, all in all, just excited to talk about football with you again, Chandler and Blaine. Shout out to you. I know you're taking care of some business, but we miss you on the pod,
0: bro. Yeah, let's talk about that Super Wild Card weekend real quick, Johnny, before we get into the divisional round matchups. Um, First matchup last weekend, Seattle went to San Francisco. Uh, Not a lot there. Um, It was an interesting game in the first half per sources. I didn't get to watch the first half, but I watched the second half. So I have a little bit of a a skewed vision of this game. From what I gathered, the Seahawks were kind of in it for most of the half and led at halftime, if I am correct. Um, and San Francisco and in, in the end came out, it was just too much. They, they came out guns blazing and um, they're a really talented football team. Johnny, um, San Francisco is really scary.
1: Yeah. The, I still think that there's going to be a bad game out of Brock Purdy. I just, I think from all the football I've watched, I think that that game is going to happen. You mentioned you didn't, you didn't watch the first half. Uh, of that game, the Seahawks led 1716 uh, at, at half in that game after starting the game down 10 to nothing against against these 49ers. So, you know, good fight from the Seahawks there. But Purdy was bad in that first half like that. If you watch that half, you're like, OK, like I can see why this guy is a, a third string quarterback, um, but he played a lot better in the second half. His stat line looks great. But if you really look at some of these throws, he had some good throws. But he he had some moments where like the ball was kind of floating. He got lucky on a couple of these. Like I I'm not trying to badmouth Brock Purdy. I think it's a great story with him being Mr. Irrelevant, the last pick in the draft. But I just based off of what I've seen, I just feel like there's gonna be a moment. And to look ahead to their the the 49ers game that will will break down. He he he's gonna be going up against Micah Parsons next week. So like mm-hmm that guy is playing another level of football right now that is unblockable. Um, and so that'll be definitely something to deal with, but for Purdy on the Seattle side, look like you fought hard, but you ended up getting blown out. There was a key uh, strip sack of Geno Smith in, in that game that kind mm-hmm. of opened the floodgates, um, so to speak. So, you know, they, for the Seahawks going into the offseason Chandler, they have a lot at their disposal. They have Denver's pick in the draft, which, I believe it's like the third pick in the draft or something like that. And uh, <laughs> they like Geno. They 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 like Geno. So uh, it remains to be seen what Seattle will do with their pick. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the 49ers are just a farly superior, talented football team, uh, 1-53 to than Seattle.
0: Dude, Denver stinks. It's actually hilarious. Yeah. The the Paco, Char- too, honestly they yeah, suck i completely agree i love that little tidbit you just threw in there about their draft hey denver nice draft pick not nah, chargers go on, went on the road and played jacksonville um i'm not gonna spend much time on this because i bet johnny has something really dialed up about brandon staley but the chargers man they are a franchise incapable of getting out of their own way um That game was such a Chargers loss. It was unbelievable. They dominated the first half, large part due to Trevor Lawrence's ineptness in that half. I don't know if I've ever seen a worse 30 minutes of football in my life. It was horrible. Um, And most people are saying that. And it is 180 to the second half. We'll talk about that in a second. I'm not still on the Chargers here, but that was a crazy crazy turnaround. But the Chargers, man, I don't get why – I don't know what they were doing. This game was so confusing to me. In the second half, you're up 27 to 7. You get the ball out of halftime. I think that's a I think that's a key factor in that game, if I'm correct, Johnny. I'm pretty sure the Chargers started out with the ball in the second half. I'm almost positive about that. Regardless, they come out with the ball. They have a chance to put the game away again. They can go up 34 To seven, 35 to seven, if they were weirdly to go for two, which knowing Staley, he's that big of a jackass, he might go for two there. To only have seven design runs in the second half of a game in which you have that lead with a guy like Austin Eckler. I don't care if you even can't run the ball, just do it to waste time, to burn clock, and the Chargers incapable of getting out of their own way. And it's not good right now for the Chargers, um, my opinion and johnny staley gone fired Staley's
1: not going to get fired based off everything i've seen uh one of the main points if y'all listened last week uh was that brandon staley is an asshole he's an asshole because because he is inconsistent that's why he's an asshole when he first came into the league he was you know talked about by all the pro football focus guys all the uh, analytics people about how he's a trendsetter and how he goes for it when you traditionally shouldn't go for it and he passes more than you traditionally should and he was the media darling. And then when it came out last year that they missed the playoffs because of his dumbass decisions, it impacted him. It bullied him. It changed the way he coached. And we saw that throughout all of this year. Um, one of the worst things that I saw in that game and it's totally different from Brandon Staley in the past, is that in the fourth quarter, let me see here. Yeah, so the Chargers have the ball, and they go on a 14-play drive, which ended in a 40-yard missed field goal by Cameron Dicker. The score was 30-20 to at the time. So they got down to the Jacksonville 22-yard line, had fourth and three, were up two scores, and Brandon Staley elected to kick a field goal to go up two scores. If they would have gone for it there, right? If they would have gone for it there, and they got it, and they ended up getting a touchdown out of that drive, they would have been up 17. They would have been up three scores. And so the point that I'm trying to make is that Brandon Staley has completely changed as a coach year one to year two and it's because he's been bullied by the results that have happened uh, based off of the decisions that he's made. And so, right, like he's – they say, like, you you have to become in love with the process and not the result. Well, the results are driving the decisions that Brandon Staley is making, and that, in my opinion, not just because the kick was missed. In the moment when I was watching the game, I was like, they should go for this. I even said to Emily, they're going to go for this. And – I couldn't believe that they kicked right there. Yes, Dicker had been very successful so far this season, but, you know, he was a a mid-season addition. Mm -hmm. He's a rookie kicker. Like, I don't know, just I would have wanted them to go for it there from from that side of things. And then just to finish up, because I I know we're going long-winded here, but the way you open yourself up to blowing leads in the playoffs is an inability to run the football uh, when it counts the most. And we talk about this all the time. It's the reason the chiefs surrendered their leads twice last year to the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, being up, it was 27 to nothing. Is that right? 30 uh, to
0: nothing, or whatever it was, 20, it was 27, seven at halftime for the, uh, charters. Yeah.
1: So 27 to nothing at one point, yep. the way you let teams back into games is to not be able to run the football, not be able to control the clock. And, um, it's been the story like that all year for the, for the chargers. So, you know, they go into the off season again with disappointment. This franchise is, is cursed. It seems like, um, I, I, I was, you know, kind of convinced that they would be firing Staley and hiring Sean Payton. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, they've fired Lombard, um, Joe, Joe Lombardi, Lombardi, Joe Lombardi, their offensive yeah. coordinator and then somebody else on his staff. So there will be changes in, uh, Los Angeles for the Chargers, but uh, I don't think it's going to be at head coach. And man, this, I know I do have a lot to say. Mike Williams <laughs> not playing in that game was so huge for the Chargers. And Staley is the biggest asshole in the world for doing that to his football team and to those fans. Mike Williams battled injuries throughout the year and is a guy that you signed to a contract extension in the offseason. You evaluated your team, you evaluated his talent and you made the decision to pay him top receiver money because he was that crucial to your team. And then you played him in a meaningless Week 18 game, and he got hurt. You reap what you sow, Brandon Staley, and you are an asshole. They were 8-2 and two this year in games when Mike Williams played, and with that loss, they were 2-6 and six in games when he didn't play. That's why you lost, because you don't know how to coach this football team.
0: Miami traveled north to Buffalo to take on the Bills. What a game this was. Um, out of really nowhere, no, I think out of all the games this weekend, I thought that this one would be the worst game. Um, and it ended up being one of the best games. Skyler Thompson, say what you will, his stat line was horrible. Somehow, some way, he managed to keep this Dolphins team in the game. They had a fumble six. And really, if the Dolphins just had a better situation going on, I think they win this game but at the end of the day, the Bills roster, top to bottom, a lot better than the, this Miami team. Josh Allen made enough plays, some boneheaded mistakes. Um, and they really seem to be – I made this analogy to the other – to Blaine and Johnny in our group text. They feel like the Warriors that are just kind of like – if you if they're not making threes, if they're not hitting deep balls, what are they really doing? Um and that was kind of the narrative in this game, Johnny. I thought that Buffalo, minus the big play, struggled to go on drives, in my opinion, against this Dolphins team. They they are not really taking what is in front of them. And that was a lot of criticism that was on Patrick Mahomes too early in his career um, about not taking what the defense has given you. Maybe that's what's happening to Josh Allen right now. I don't know, but they have a massive game this weekend that I am very excited to talk about. Johnny, your thoughts on this game?
1: Yeah, you you nailed it, Chandler. the The Bills are just like the home run hitter in baseball who strikes out a lot. It's like they are they are missing their layups, but they're able to make their three pointers. Like it's it's it seemed in that game that there were times where the Bills could thro- just chuck it downfield to uh, Stefan Diggs, and they were just going to make the play every single time. And there were other times in that game. Where I was like, these guys can't get four or five yards. They can't do it. They, I mean, they can't do it. So, look, I think the Bills are a very good team. I think that, uh, I think they are a much better team than the score, the box score, and the, the the scoreboard showed against Miami. I mean, Miami was terrible. It's just Buffalo was did not play a very good football game, and when you do that, you open yourself up to. Too close scores like this, you know, Josh Allen had three touchdowns, but two interceptions. And he had that fumble, like, you know, like we've talked about. And if there was any sort of competence on the other side of the football, then, oh. then the bills have lost. Skylar Thompson was terrible. No, no, no hard feelings towards K-State. I know your dad's a, a graduate of K-State and they beat my Jayhawks last night. So, okay, congratulations on the win, but Skyler Thompson, the K-State fans were not claiming Skylar Thompson after that football game. Uh, 18 of 45, 220 yards, a touchdown, two picks, and I, I mean that's a 40 percent completion percentage. That is yeah, pathetic. That's, that's awful. And uh, you know, Miami now goes into the off season looking for certainty at quarterback to a Tungavaloa. We don't know what his health is going to be, and that really is is a crucial factor for them. I thought the biggest thing that I didn't like from Miami in that game. I loved the way that they fought, um, and after after reviewing it a little bit. For the most part, I actually think Mike McDaniel coached a pretty good game. Here was the biggest issue. And I don't know how much of this is on Mike. The play was either not getting in fast enough or Skyler just had no feel for the play clock <laughs> yeah. that entire game. It was It's one of the two. And probably sometimes both because at the end of the game, uh, the final play, it was fourth and one, fourth and inches. You should just go and sn- sneak it right there 100% of the time. But they got a delay of game and they had fourth and six. And I mean, how do you have a delay of game in your season-defining play? I'll never know. Um, but Miami's done, and the Bills are marching on.
0: The New York Giants go to Minnesota and end the Viking season. You know what's been a recurring theme this NFL season on the pod? Is that every time that something bad happens in Minnesota, Blaine phantom Lee can't make the show Oh, all of a sudden he has a work thing well that's fine because I actually don't want to hear from him today Blaine Johnny said we missed you on the pod I don't today because you don't deserve to be on here for your viking slander so you have a weak ban the New York football giants make me the smartest man on the planet Blaine said that all he needed to win the argument between me and him was for the vikings to win one playoff game well, would you believe it? They couldn't do that. They can't defend their home field. The Giants go in there and they look, by definition, scrappy, Johnny. I think that the Giants right now are a team in the playoffs that you you really don't want to play for an NFC team. I think they're tough and physical. I think they run the ball extremely well. I don't really know why or how, but Daniel Dimes can really run the football, Johnny. He looks like he's getting ready to die every time he gets hit. But my God, that guy gets right back up and does it again. I swear they ran him four straight times against the Vikings. I swear. And that is so rare in the NFL, even with freaking Lamar Jackson. So, Dayball has absolutely changed the culture of this team. And it showed. They were tougher than Minnesota. Kirk stinks. And uh, Giants moving on to play Philadelphia. Johnny?
1: Yeah, I'll start with the Giants. Um, you're right about Dable. We've been talking about it all season long. Okay. This guy is legit, and you can tell from the very beginning. I mean, he just this is not the most talented roster, but they already have culture on that team. He's built the culture, he's built the locker room back up from where it was in shambles for years. Um, and and and, and he's just he's just awesome. I mean, I kinda just like how he's kind of a fat guy. Like, you know, Andy Reid, fat guy, like, with all due respect. But like it's just cool that Brian Dable is just I mean, he, he's so fired up on that sideline. He will bite an official's head off one of these yeah. times. I mean, he will bite someone uh for his guys. And so, you know, I wanna I wanna pump the brakes a little bit though on the Giants. Like that was an awesome win. But Minnesota is they are who we thought they were. Yeah. And and I wish Blaine was here because I want to talk to him about this because you got you and him like to do the tiffing back and forth. And I'm just looking for honesty and genuine conversation here. Minnesota is who we thought they were. They, they, this is exactly what you thought was going to happen. You know, Chandler on the pod, you actually picked Minnesota as the, as your bet. I was the lone pick on the
0: giants. reverse psychology. Nice. Not
1: to brag,
0: but I
1: I bet Giants in real life money line because I was just convinced that this was going to happen. And yes, the decision by Kirk Cousins to throw the ball three yards on fourth and eight with your season on the line is totally Kirk Cousins. But honestly, Chandler, I am not outside of that moment i think it is ridiculous to pin that loss on kirk cousins 31 of 39 273 and 2 no no turnovers and uh and he ran for a touchdown so the the biggest issue in minnesota is their defense is an absolute sieve it's swiss cheese it's terrible saquon barkley from the first drive in that game and he only had nine carries but every time i felt like he had the ball he was running in Acres of space. Daniel Jones, seventeen carries, seventy-eight yards in acres of space, and uh, the the Giants were just the the better football team across the board. I'll finish with this. Um, it's another point about Daybull. Cowherd's been making this point a lot, and I think it's right. You're seeing kind of Josh Allen revert back to his more turnover worthy. D- moments throughout this season now that Dables left Josh Allen still uh, making some awesome plays Uh, but Daniel Jones is has the guy coming into this season who had his fifth year option declined and his career has been an abject failure for uh, since they he was drafted number six overall at Duke Daniel Jones was probably the best quarterback of the entire weekend the entire yeah. wild card weekend, 24 35, 301 and 2 through the air, 17 for 78 on the ground. And it's because Brian Dable just puts his guys in the best position to succeed. That sounds easier. Like it sounds like an obvious, easy thing to do. But if you look at all the great head coaches, they know how to evaluate and construct their offense based off of the players they have right then. It's not like a, it's not like a you know, I'm going to, this is what the offense is going to be. And if you're not, if you're not going to do that, then you're not going to play. No, it's just, this is a fluid thing. And Brian Dable came in. Daniel Jones is not his first choice. That's obvious. Daniel Jones probably knows that. But Brian Dable knew that if they want to have success, he has got to put Daniel in the best position possible. He's done it all year. And it's led them to be one of the final eight teams in the playoffs.
0: Also, a really healthy Saquon running the ball is awesome to see, too. He's a great guy, really easy to root for. Um, I know him personally. Baltimore goes to Cincinnati. And really, I was texting the boys back and forth. I was really impressed with what I saw from Baltimore, even with Tyler Huntley. Um, and it's just because I just, teams like Baltimore that have that nastiness to them are teams you don't want to play in the playoffs because. Cincinnati moves on and and good for them. Great win. They are incredibly banged up. They had so many injuries in that game. I don't care if they're, I don't care if all those guys come back and play this week, they are still banged up and it's from a physical ass football game, which was Sunday night football. And they're going to have to get ready to play another physical ass football. And eventually it just doesn't work anymore. Um, I am very worried for Cincinnati going on the road from an outside perspective. I am very nervous for Cincinnati having to go to Buffalo. I think it could be the season for them. But that's why I said for the Chiefs, I'd rather play Jacksonville. We'll get to that in a second. But this Baltimore team is flat out tough, and they made life very difficult for Joe Burrow. I saw this tweet. um, I think it was during Sunday Night Football. I don't know if it's just like the Ravens because they play the Bengals all the time, but, man, they sure seem to sack Burrow. and They sacked him, Johnny. They hit him hard. Um, So, kind of okay with seeing Baltimore leave the playoffs even with their inept offense Um, in a weird way. I'm not that upset, less upset than I thought I would be with Cincinnati winning, Johnny.
1: Yeah, I hear what you're saying. Just AFC North old school football it was awesome to watch um obviously the whole game flipped on the Tyler Huntley fumble at the goal line that was knocked out and returned to 98 yards by Sam Hubbard the Cincinnati kid pretty cool story pretty cool moment and a phenomenal call on the broadcast by Mike Tirico um there's been a lot of gripes about how horrible Al Michaels and Dungy were on their call and rightfully so I love Al Michaels I, I always have but Man, he's been he's been pretty checked out this year. It seemed like, and I think Torico is incredible, and he had a great call uh, on that on that moment there, and um, it, it completely turned the game upside down. So, where am I going to start here? We'll do, we'll start with Cincinnati. Uh, Cincinnati going into this huge game. The Bills and the Bengals are both kind of limping into this game, and they are going to beat the hell out of each other. As a Chiefs fan. Great. I mean, you're gonna have to play, if, if, barring a collapse this weekend. Like, you're gonna have to play one of them, um, and so hopefully, you know that. That's why the buy is so huge because that extra game off is is great for these guys' bodies. But uh, I saw left tackle Jonah Williams and then uh, guard Alex Kappa are are they're they're like out this weekend. So like, the, Jonah Williams left the last game. He was questionable to yeah. return. Didn't end up returning. Uh, Jackson Carmen, I believe, is his name. Took his spot, but. Um, that's huge because Cincinnati was really unable to run the football the way they wanted to, uh, throughout, throughout the second half of that game. Um, and with as great as this passing offense is for Cincinnati, if it becomes predictable and they don't have the blocking uh, that they usually have or that they've had at times this year, yeah, you're gonna open up Burrow to getting hit, and there was one hit at the very beginning. Like I thought, Burrow was gonna have was gonna be seeing stars. I remember we texted about it. He got nailed by yeah. like 700 pounds of dude. Like it was, it was wild. Um, to see him get up from that, and then the very next play, he like converted a third and long. Like Burrow, right. Burrow's sick. But um, so yeah, I, I I'm curious to hear your thoughts when we get into the matchup between the Bills and the Bengals. So I'll I'll, I'll leave that for then. The Bengals are just. They're just they're injured right now. Baltimore is going into a very uncertain offseason. Some weird stuff that we've been seeing with Lamar Jackson's future in Baltimore. Um, I think I said this, you know, a few months ago. Like I guess I've gotten a lot right. I've gotten a lot wrong uh, this year. But I mentioned uh, like weeks ago that it would not be the craziest thing if Lamar was going to be in a different Jersey next year. And I just think based off of what we've seen, Uh, that that, that's growing into more of a possibility. Lamar didn't even travel to this game. He wasn't even there with his guys. Look, I know if his knee is swollen, flying on a plane's probably not the best thing. There's gotta be a way. You're telling me Patrick wouldn't go to the game. You're telling me Patrick wouldn't go to the game if Chad Henney was starting in the playoffs. Bullshit. He would definitely be there. I said it with complete conviction. Um. So, yeah, a lot of uncertainty with Baltimore going forward. And abs- did you notice this, Chan? What a weird move. The clock is ticking. It's under a minute to go in the game. And they're going into a huddle with two timeouts. Baltimore had two timeouts at the end of the game with the clock ticking under a minute to go in their season. And they're huddling. Ugh. Very bizarre decision from uh, John Harbaugh, who, of course, is very well respected in this league. Baltimore, uncertain. Cincinnati,
0: unhealthy. To that point, John, it's got to be something to do with Tyler Huntley and not being able to, like – he might know a couple of two-minute drill calls, but he doesn't know all of them, and he probably can't, like, call two plays in a row from the line of scrimmage. He's probably got to do it in the huddle, so – I'm not saying that I'm right. I just don't know why they would do that, but I'm just kind of giving a, a theory that makes, as to why. That,
1: no, that's good, Chandler, because if you go back to that that fumble at the goal line, first off, they were way too far from the goal line to do the jump yeah. over the center, right? And then if you watch the rest of the team, a lot of people have already pointed this out, but when he extends the football, all the other players around him went to like push him so maybe that was just Huntley going rogue, right? Yeah. Because it, if he's going to jump and everyone knows he's going to jump, you're not going to have your, your up backs your, you know, and, and your other linemen get around him to push him forward. So that's right. where that was, that was kind of iffy.
0: Yeah, when I was watching it live, I didn't mind the jump. But then you go and you look at the replay, and I, just, I guess I just didn't realize how far out he was in the moment because I was so amped. I was like, oh my god, they've got to score here. And I didn't even recognize, like, dude, you go back and watch, what are you thinking? Like, I don't even I I think even if like a big quarterback like Josh Allen or Trevor Lawrence or I mean, we've seen Pat jump at the goal line, Joe Burrow. I don't I think that's way too far for them, too. Tyler Huntley's a small little guy.
1: Yeah, dude, it's literally this is it's not that complex. I don't get it. If it is a yard. Or less. If it's like one of those, it's a long one, or if it's two yards, you're not sneaking, you're not doing that over the over the fucking top bullshit. If it's a, and especially less, if it's less than a yard, it's a sneak every time. It's, it's, it's a sneak every time. It's it's over a 90% success rate. It's a no brainer. But these guys just, they need to pay us the money to make these decisions, not these assholes.
0: Well, unless you're the Chiefs, Johnny, then it's not a QB sneak. We will not be sneaking. Tight end sneak. I didn't sneak. <laughs> Monday Night Football will wrap up uh, Super Wild Card Weekend with it. Won't take too much time. Johnny, this Dallas team. Um, well, I guess we'll start with Tampa. It's a little bit easier. Uh, Tom looked awful. Um, it's not – I don't I don't think it's because he's not talented. Uh, he His arm looks great, but he just is so old, dude. He just looks old, man um he can still throw a decent football like it looks really good but if he gets under any duress he just looks like a shell of himself and that's what's going to happen with a team like dallas that can rush the passer michael parsons beast i like Dexter lawrence i know he takes some um, black in dallas for his production and probably a little bit a la frank clark for the chiefs we know all about that but i still think he's a good defensive end uh, Micah Parsons is a beast and their secondary played really well last night and really bottled up this Tampa D offense um, and sticking with the Cowboys Johnny um, I've kind of I would classify myself as a Dak defender um, I think he's had a bad injury that kind of derailed his career for a second, Um but I think he's a good quarterback and he might've played the best game of his career on Monday night. in one of the biggest moments, the first Cowboys road playoff victory, I believe since like 92 or 93. So there was a lot of pressure on Dak here. If if Dak lost that game last night by a reverse score, if he lost 31, 14, I think Dak would be under serious fire today. He had a lot of pressure on him and he stepped up to the challenge. And right now, If I'm San Francisco, I'm a little nervous about Dallas, Johnny.
1: Okay, I'll start. I'll stay on Dallas. I'm not as, I'm not as like supportive, I guess, or whatever. I I I don't think Dak. Like, I think he played a great game. Okay, but that is what you should do if you're making that kind of money, like Dak, like beating a sub five hundred team in the wild card round should be a lock
0: that, that I be, agree with.
1: That should be like, but I mean, 305 yards and four touchdowns and he looked great. I mean, the, 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 the actual play on the field, he he looked awesome. I'm looking to see how he responds in this, in this next game. Um, And you know, the, the, the reason that people were so critical of Dak and it's justified is because he was tied for the league lead and in interceptions in 12 games. So right. like, that's, it was just not good enough for somebody who's who's been given that kind of contract and the and the keys to the the Dallas the Dallas Cowboys so it's just got to be better from Dak frankly um i thought that they they ran the ball pretty well it is so blatantly obvious how much better Tony Pollard is than Ezekiel Elliott i mean it is not even close um and then on the receiving side Dalton Schultz just had a great game he's really turned into a nice option a tight end for uh, um for the Dallas Cowboys i i assume he's going to be one of those big contributors to uh, Kittle and Kelsey's tight end uni- university with uh, some of those other guys. So look to see more from Dalton Schultz going forward. Uh, and on the Tampa side, it's over, isn't it? Like this was my worst bet of the month of the, of 2023. was that I bet uh, Tampa Bay money line yeah, and it was just dead from the start. Tom threw the ball 66 times and they scored 14 points. They had no points at halftime. It's just it's just terrible. And what's interesting is there's going to be so many I did not t-
0: know that. Sorry to cut you off. I did not know that stat, dude. Holy shit. Isn't that shit.
1: baffling? Um yeah, he threw twice <laughs> as many passes as Dak. Dak threw 33 passes. He oh. threw twice as many passes as Dak. <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> math. That's up, insane. Math? Um, math sucks. Math's not great, but it's just not good enough. They can't block. Tom is so reluctant to get hit. Um I think he's going to play football next year. He's probably going to be playing somewhere else, but like dude, you know, if let he him. goes to the if it goes to the Raiders, let him.
0: Yeah. They
1: look terrible. I mean, he he looks terrible. I mean, maybe that's famous last words, but dude, if Tom Brady comes with the way he's playing and played all season, if he comes to another team, like I just would not I would not be that excited. I mean good great you get a 50 year old man. Awesome. Tampa is in a weird position man because they back to backs uh or was it back to back Super Bowls? No, it wasn't. But the Super Bowl no. against the Chiefs, right? But then they brought all their guys back and then lost in the playoffs last year, lost in the playoffs this year. Uh, Tom's probably not going to be with the team and the whole Antonio Brown thing, like it's just kind of a weird situation right now with Tampa Bay and uncertainty at quarterback going forward wouldn't want to be steven chea from barstool sports right now and be a bucks fan
0: that's right let's get into the divisional round johnny four games remaining in the season we're down to the final four here um let's do something crazy johnny just for the playoffs and i'm a classic guy so i like to go playoffs i know you have your sayings and we won't get into that again we're yes. going to start with Sunday night football, actually Sunday early evening football. If you want to get really technical five <laughs> thirty PM central standard time, or excuse me, central daylights time. I believe CDT, Johnny, got a little intricacies. Don't want to throw the listeners off. Dallas travels West to take on San Francisco classic NFC matchup. Um, this matchup just feels like the NFC playoffs. As much as I hate Dallas, um, this is a sick game. And I want to – let's rewind a little bit to Dallas because I didn't mention this. And as a specialist, I'd be ill to not bring this up. Talk about planning the night to miss four field goals on a better night than Brett Maher or whatever, however you say his last name. As a specialist, you couldn't choose a night to mess up more and not, and it not be a big deal than Monday night football. That has never happened in the history of football. And I'm not saying that no one has ever missed four field goals in a row. I'm saying that nobody's ever missed four field goals and it not affect the game in really any way. Like most of the time, if you're missing field goals, extra points, like it's coming into play at some point, And especially Four. <laughs> and for them to not come into play at all, just absolutely baffling. What a night for the kid. Hopefully, hopefully that um and I don't even know, Johnny. I want to get your quick thoughts on this before we get into the game. Do you think that he like has the yips? Or do you just think that he's like that made that was the worst game I've ever played? Like, I'm fine. That's kind of how I would take it, but I know that like if I had four bad snaps in a game, I'd be like, wow. That really, that really sucked, but I'm fine.
1: (laughs) He missed his last one in week 18. So it was actually a streak of five consecutive that he missed.
0: Oh, what?
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I know, bro. It's it's ridiculous. So I think that I, I think I can't answer your question yet. The answer to your question will be, on the television screen when he kicks the first extra point uh, 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 attempt that he has uh, against, against the 49ers. Yep. I mean, I, not a field goal, extra point. If he nails that extra point, it probably was just a bad stretch. Um, if he misses dude's got the yips. I mean, big time.
0: I'm not but kidding. What I didn't... I, I'm sorry. I think Dallas should just come out maybe just go for a field goal. Like, just get into field goal range and then kneel it and let him kick a field goal. Just go up 3-0. <laughs> dude,
1: what what was ridiculous, though, about that too, that whole moment, and I can't believe we didn't bring that up. Good job. Good catch there. They caught after, like, the second or third one. I think it was the third touchdown. <laughs> Dak on the sideline, you could read his mouth. He was basically just, like, yelling, like, stop kicking it. Let's just go for two. It's like, dude, you've played like shit. Imagine if Brett Marr was on the sidelines saying, like, get his ass out of the game, get Cooper yeah. Rush in there. Like, man, some of these guys are just so fickle. I know the heat of the moment and everything, and I'm I'm not trying to judge Dak based off of just that quick screen grab, but, like, come on. Like, again, I, I, I reference everyone to Patrick. I would never th- – I'd never think, like, Patrick – there's no way this year Patrick's been, like, Get Bucker out of there. Like, what yeah.
0: the fuck?
1: Like, there's just no way. Come on, Dak. Be better.
0: There's a difference in saying, let's go for it. Let's go for it. Let's go for it. Like, because you want to go for it, not because of the result of your other teammate. It's just, um, it's an interesting line. But let's get into the game. Dallas, three and a half point favorites. I actually really like that line. I think that's a really accurate line for this game. I think it will be a very close matchup. I think it's the other uh,
1: way. I think, I think San Francisco's the favorite.
0: Yeah, I said I thought I said Dallas plus three and a half. Did I say did I say minus? You said the
1: favorite. Yeah, maybe oh, i heard sorry. You wrong.
0: But... Nope. Sorry, listeners. I'm wrong. Dallas, three and a half point dogs on the road. Um I can't wait to watch Micah Parsons go against Trent Williams, Johnny. I mean, if that doesn't get your blood flowing, that I don't know what will. Um, I think that's gonna be the story of the game, in my opinion. I truly believe that this game is on Dallas's defense. To keep them in the game. I think if Dak can stay in the game, if Dallas' defense can keep them from blowing them out, I think that the Niners could be in trouble here, Johnny.
1: That is interesting. Okay. I want to
0: hear I want to hear what you say before I make my pick. Yeah. I'm going to so, be blamed today.
1: <laughs> I want to I, I want to I would think it'd be really cool if Dallas won this game, but I just there's something about the talent. And the weapons that they have on this 49ers team. But I mentioned earlier, this could be the game where we get like the nightmare situation from Purdy. Um, Parsons versus Williams are completely right. That's football pornography. And, you know, uh, there's other options too. Uh, Leighton Vander Esch is having a great season after his fifth year option was declined. So that Leighton Vander Esch and these linebackers versus versus the running attack of McCaffrey and Mitchell. And covering them out of the backfield because McCaffrey is a great option receiving the ball. Mitchell had a receiving touchdown in the last game. Uh, And then uh, Diggs versus Brandon Iuke or Debo Samuel. I mean, all of that stuff is awesome. Charverius Ward versus C.D. Lamb. I mean, there's a lot of really cool options here. Uh, Talanoa Hufanga, who was an all-pro, by the way. Hufanga is an all-pro He's going to be blitzing and looking like Troy Polamalu out there. He'll probably be uh, uh, tasked to cover Dalton Schultz a little bit. There are a lot of really interesting matchups here where I think I trust San Francisco and why I'm picking them to cover the spread here is they're going to pound the rock. They're going to pound the rock. And I just think that it's going to be a close game back and forth. And I just to me, it feels like, San Francisco winning by a touchdown or maybe four points as opposed to winning by a field goal at the end. That's my feel for it, but I will tell you and the listeners, out of the four games, this is the game that I have the worst betting feel for talking about right now. This is this is Wednesday, so not that confident in, in that line right there. What I like more, I think, here, uh, the over-unders, 46. I think an over-bet would be really fun there.
0: Yeah, Johnny. Um, I'm going to buy into this is the Brock Purdy game. I think that him being at home creates added pressure. I think if things start going poorly, that all of a sudden everyone's like, wait, oh my gosh, what the heck? And can he overcome that? And I'm going to say no. I'm taking Dallas plus three and a half. And you know what? Hell with it. If I'm a betting person, I'll take a money line too. Cincinnati Bengals travel to Buffalo, Johnny. Bills. Five-point favorites at home Sunday afternoon at 2 p.m. What an interesting game this is. Um, the, I, I can't tell if this is going to be a fireworks game or like a nasty, like, drag them out knockdown game. Um, for some reason, I really like both defenses in this matchup against the other team's offense. I don't really know why, but I can't remember a secondary that – can really challenge these Bengals receivers better than the Bills, in my opinion. Um, I think that's a really interesting matchup. I think that the Bills' inability to run the ball in this game could drastically affect them because I do think that Cincinnati has the playmakers in the secondary, much like the Bills, to keep them from hitting those big shots. And it's already been proven, Johnny, that – Buffalo does not want to take what is right there in front of them, and they can't run the football either. I don't know why, because they can run the ball with Josh Allen. Why can't they run it with a running back? Now, I will say I think it's gotten a little bit better as the season's progressed, but I still don't think they do it well enough, and you're getting ready to play a really damn good defense. So Cincinnati banged up. Buffalo at home. I think I really like Buffalo, and as much as I would like for the ASC championship game to be at Arrowhead, not or you know, pending any any issues, <laughs> it would be kind of sick to see us play Buffalo at Atlanta. I'm just going to say it. So I'll go Bills. Johnny, your thoughts?
1: What's the line? Atlanta, you
0: have? Atlanta would be sick. Uh, what Bills, line do you have? Bills minus five.
1: <laughs> Bills minus five. Um okay. First off, we we I say this in jest. We were robbed of this game earlier in the year. I am glad that DeMar Hamlin is not dead. Um I'm <laughs> glad he's in good spirits. Um but I still really want to watch these two teams play each other in football. Yeah. And so I'm pumped for that. Um Look. <laughs> I, I want Cincinnati to win this game. I, I know people. Wa- I, I know people are like, man, Cincinnati is kind of the kryptonite for the Chiefs. I want them again, because I want I want the AFC Championship game at Arrowhead. I know the whole. I I'm with you. Like the Chiefs look awesome on the road. Uh, maybe it's a a pride thing, like they play better away from home. But like the pride thing for me, like I want that game at Arrowhead. Like that game, that game's at Arrowhead for. It's been there for four straight years. I mean, what? Four straight years. Let's make it five. And so um, that's why, in betting wise too, I'm taking Cincinnati here. I'll I'll take the plus five. Um, you know, if you wanted to tease that up even higher than that, just to give, I mean, you know, no teasing juice on that.
0: <laughs> We've actually closed teasing this weekend,
1: so no teasing. So I'll just take him plus five, but. Okay. I, I just think it's going to be an awesome football game. I think, like I said earlier, these teams are going to beat the shit out of each other. Uh, it's like I said, it's looking like the 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 Bengals are not going to have their start best start best guard and their starting left tackle. But keep in mind, the Bills' best pass rusher has been out for weeks. Von Miller, their 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 pressure rate has dropped significantly. Um, I don't have the number in front of me. I thought I saved the tweet, but it was like something like twenty, like it dropped like nearly. or 40%. I mean, it's dropped significantly, just take my word for it. So obviously because Von Miller is a hell of a player, but um, you know, they're not getting after the quarterback as much as they were before. It's obvious with these amazing quarterbacks the way to somehow try to disrupt them is to put pressure on them, uh, but with how elusive these guys are, how big they are, how um, how much feel they have for the game, that's just easier said than done. I think there are some great matchups here, though, too. I think uh, Jamar Chase and 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 T Higgins versus Tre'Davious White is are, are going to be really fun, um, with the mixture of Jordan Poyer in there as well. I don't know if they're going to activate Micah Hyde for this game. He's missed the majority of the year with a neck injury. Before the wild card round, they started his 21 day clock to come back from IR. So maybe Micah Hyde's back in this spot. I don't know if he is, but those two guys are. I think probably the best safety tandem in the league. Chandler, what do you got?
0: Uh, Kyrie Elam. Is that, is that his name? Is it He's Kyer? their rookie. Yeah. Is he, he left last week, I believe with an apparent injury. I wonder what his status is. Do you have any idea?
1: Don't, I don't know that. Um, he had an interception in that last game too. That was I thought number. so
0: too. Yeah, it's like number, uh, what number is he?
1: I don't know. He's not on the injury report. I'm looking at it right here. So okay. um, he's maybe, probably maybe he fine came back in that,
0: that game, but I probably just remember him like leaving or something um, briefly. But yeah, but I mean, yeah, be- those
1: those guys are going to be good. Chandler and 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 you know these edges uh, Hubbard and Hendrickson for Cincinnati are ruthless. And Mike Hilton and Eli Apple, who I believe got hurt last game too. But I don't know if he's going to play. It, th- th- this is an awesome football game. Okay, like yeah. you don't have to talk about it too much. Uh, the weather should be kind of like cold fr- freezing temperatures should be a little bit of snow based off of what I've seen. Nothing crazy, but maybe like an inch of snow that's going to be coming down. It's going to be very, very appealing on the TV. Uh, the bills have won nine in a row. The Bengals have won eight in a row. Something's got to give and we'll see.
0: Moving backward Saturday, January 21st, seven fifteen PM. The New York giants traveled to Philadelphia. NFC East, Battle for the divisional round here, Johnny, this is gonna be an awesome game too. um two teams that are really physical um probably two of the most physical teams in the n f c in my opinion far more physical than uh than Jacksonville or Cincinnati, really, in my opinion um, i this game is in, incredibly difficult for me to figure out, Johnny. I really don't know what to do with the eagles um they haven't done anything all year besides the last couple of weeks without Jalen Hurts um, to get it to, to make me not believe in them. But I'm also kind of sitting here questioning like, OK, Jalen's back, but like they haven't played a game together in like six weeks or something like that. So it's just that continuity thing to me. I think the Giants can keep it within the seven and a half. I'll take the Giants to cover, but I do think Philly wins. Are you done? Yeah, sorry. Go okay. ahead.
1: <laughs> um, tough read as well. Very good matchups on the field, like storylines. Right, one of the biggest ones I've seen. Chandler here is, um, the Giants. Remember, cut James Bradbury. Bradbury. Yeah. James, yeah, James Bradbury. He is on the Eagles, right? Like, so that's kind of a a little storyline there for for some revenge. Uh, two young coaches who are fi- who are in conversation for Coach of the Year, Nick Sirianni and Brian Dable, um, NFC East rivals. Like this is, this is really cool. I think you're on to something though, because and I, I I feel like this isn't maybe it's not fair or maybe I'm being short sighted. I don't know. Maybe you can talk me through it. Why don't I, wh- I why don't I love Philly anymore? Like their their team. Like i I think at one point this year they were a fun watch. They're fun to root for. I was out on them before the season. I flipped back onto the onto the team and you know, followed them and they were winning a bunch of games. last undefeated team. Of course, the Jalen injury was a it was a big deal. I get all of that. and maybe it's just because they haven't been the media darling like they were early, earlier in the year, but man, I'm having like a hard time getting energy. For Philly, like I like New York in this spot just because I like Dable and I like the guys
0: on their team. more.
1: I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on that?
0: Well, Johnny, I think Philadelphia is kind of they're a little bit too closely related to Buffalo. If I in my opinion, if Jalen Hurts isn't hitting a bomb to A.J. Brown, their offense really isn't moving that well, in my opinion. Now, I know they can run the football well and they run it a lot better with Jalen out there, but. That takes time and continuity, which they have not had over the last month of the season. Um, he didn't look that impressive against the Giants in Week 18, in my opinion. So it's gonna be an interesting, uh, it's gonna be an interesting matchup for sure. Johnny, what was your pick?
1: I haven't made the pick yet because I was trying to also find. I think this is this is huge. Is Lane Johnson going to play? Yeah, I think. I mean, I think that you can't. He is such a good just football player who just happens to be a beast on the offensive line. Right. But with their identity as a football team, with, with how their offense is structured, right? Like they want to run first. It seems Uh like even with Jalen and that opens up so much more for them passing the football. It's just, it's going to be interesting to see if he, if he plays, you know, he'll probably do everything he can, but he's not going to be, you know, at a hundred percent. Keep in mind, this is a guy who is putting off surgery until the off season <laughs> to try to, be able to play, which I mean, that means he needs surgery to be back yeah. to normal. So it's like, okay. All right. I, I I'll, I'll, I'll make my pick here. Um, let's let it ride. I'm going to take the giants to cover. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going with the giants.
0: All right. a boy. I love it. I think you brought up the surgery thing last week. That was a hilarious second week segment right there. Like, yeah, you're so right though.
1: I had surgery today, by the way. I, phew, I was nervous. I came out on the other side alive, though, after going under the knife.
0: It looks really good too, Johnny. I gotta give you a lot of credit for that. That's a really good looking surgery, son. I need to get surgery bad. My hair is getting long.
1: It's so. your hair's bouncing on top of your head. I know. It's, I mean, it's got good volume, though. I will say, you got nice volume.
0: Head and shoulders. If I shampoo it, it gets volumized. I'll tell you that right now. So <laughs> there's our little segment about our haircuts. Last game of the slate, Johnny. Best game of the slate. First game of the slate. The Jacksonville Jaguars go on the road and take on the Kansas City Chiefs in what is going to be an electric atmosphere at Arrowhead Stadium, Johnny. You know that they're going to be out there early for this one. That's so much time to tailgate. I wonder how long they're going to let them get in the stadium. Because I know that normally it's like, what is it, like a five-hour thing? They've got to extend that for this one. Um, That crowd is going to be rocking. Trevor Lawrence adding fuel to the fire. And while it's a little cliche and it's a little corny and it's kind of stupid really at the end of the day that people are going to be like extra fired up from what he said, Really freaking fires me up, and I absolutely love this spot for the Kansas City Chiefs. I think it's not an issue at all that we played them earlier in the year. I think that game is so long ago. These are two completely different teams. I think Steve Spagnola can easily – well, which I'm not going to say easily. He can, and I have a lot of confidence in the man, to draw up a really awesome defensive game plan against a young quarterback In a hostile environment, I expect us to blitz off the edges a ton from the secondary a ton, and for a young quarterback in a big spot where the lights are the brightest, it's incredibly difficult to deal with. And on the exact flip side, you are staring at greatness. There is nothing else to describe this Kansas City Chiefs offense, and it's just waiting there for you, Jacksonville. You can't make a mistake in this game because the Chiefs aren't going to make a mistake, I truly believe that unless it comes on special teams. But I'm talking about the offense right now, Johnny, this offense, I think they are going to come out on fire. I think they are so poised right now. I think with that extra rest, I think that this team has guys that are in their prime that understand what it takes to win at this high of a level. And they weren't dicking around on their bye week This team was locked in and loaded to this, what was going on around the league and I have a lot of confidence in this game, Johnny. Maybe I'll be Chandler positive. I kind of had to carry the boats for that aspect because it did get a little bleak from you earlier in the season, but we're here at a new time. Johnny, what are your thoughts on this game?
1: I love the Chiefs in this spot. I'm so excited for this football game. I really am. And if we come back and I'm wrong, I'll be freaking pissed off. But I'm not picking the Jags in any way here. I'm not picking them in any way. Like, the Jags had a great comeback. They did. They had a great comeback. Good for them. The chiefs are a different animal. The chiefs dominated this Jaguars football team uh, in their previous matchup. And I know that's in the past, but I just don't see any way that this goes any differently here, barring, you know, a total collapse from the chiefs uh, with a bunch of mistakes and stuff, but both teams are healthy. The only person who's not practicing for the chiefs is Nicole Hardman. He's got a pelvis. Nicole's got a pelvis.
0: Well, actually McColl stinks. So, I think he's making a business decision, Johnny. I really do. I think he thinks the writing's on the wall. I mean, what is this injury?
1: See, I completely disagree because if he if he knew the it, the writing that's currently on McColl Hardman's wall is uh, I'm going to bounce around the league on one-year contracts for for for, for the next 4 years and then retire. He, this is a contract here. He wanted to ball out so that either he got the bag from the chiefs or from somebody else. I, I don't know. And all Andy has said is that McCole has regressed or that he's taken uh, a step back and they don't want to push him too far. It initially was called an abdomen injury. Now it's called a pelvis moved lower in means. the body, a little yeah, lower It's moving. Nicole's injury is moving down. And my blood flow is going away. Talking about <laughs> Nicole. Okay. All right. So then the rest of it is Frank Clark's been limited both games this week. He's got a groin. He's got a groin. Okay. He's going to be fine. He's going to play sky Moore is a full participant and Legarius needs a full participant. So it's good to have those guys um, into practice. The chiefs are healthy. They're going to whip the Jaguars ass. It's a big line. I'm going to take the chiefs to cover it here. I think they're incredibly motivated and focused. Um, and I think this is a good opportunity to just get off on the right foot uh, in the playoffs. And then it's the first game of the weekend. Then you get to watch the rest of the games unfold. You get to get the dub on Saturday, watch the bangles and bills on Sunday, and then you'll know who you're playing and where it is going to be played. Andy Reed versus Doug Peterson, uh, who used to be a, a, a coach under Andy Reed. So, uh, some mutual respect there. I, I, I do respect Doug Peterson a lot. I think he's a good coach. Um, and he's the right guy for Lawrence and the right guy for the Jaguars. Um, but I just think it's going to be a little, a little, it's congrats on the, the playoff win Jacksonville. It's good to build on going forward. You're still a couple of pieces away from really being the team that you want to be. You're just running into Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Andy Reid off of a buy. Andy Reid with Patrick Mahomes is five and O after the buy, after, after a buy, like it's, 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 it's just, Look, anything can happen, and there's going to be people who are going to try to talk people onto the Jags. If you want to do that, fine. I am fervently supporting the Kansas City Chiefs to play a full football game here, even though they haven't done it all year. I am vehemently supporting the Kansas City Chiefs and wholeheartedly betting the mortgage that the Chiefs cover the spread in this game. I can't wait to watch this football game, Chan.
0: I think that was a perfect way to end the divisional round slate, Johnny. Do you have a final thought for us on this divisional round episode? Recorded early tonight, by the way, for the listeners getting done at six oh three. Kind of feels, kind of feels good. Make a little dinner after this, Johnny. Final thought.
1: Yeah, final thought is it's just you know for 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 the Chiefs, it's you got to win three in a row. It's a new season. This is a whole new thing. The speed of the game is going to be different than it was throughout the entire regular season. Every moment is so huge. It's crucial that you just put your best effort on the field, play with no fear, and just leave it out, leave it all on the line. Because, you know, Jacksonville comes in with nothing to lose in this spot. But Kansas City, has they, they've beaten this team before. They've prepared for them before. They know what to do in this spot. Run the football effectively. Utilize Jarek McKinnon in the passing game. Find Travis Kelsey. Find Juju and MVS down the field. Like, keep getting after the quarterback. They got after Trevor's ass last time they played this team, too. You have better corners than they have receivers. Like, I just think all aspects of this game, right? Quarterback, Chiefs win. Offensive line, Chiefs win. Running back room, in my opinion, with the way Jarrett McKinnon is playing, win. Receiving options, Chiefs. Defensive line, the way the Chiefs are playing. Better in my opinion, better than Trevon Walker, better than Josh Allen. The Chiefs are getting after the quarterback as much as they want, and Chris Jones has a case for the off the defensive defensive player of the year. Linebacker, Chiefs dub secondary, Chiefs dub. The only way I guess is if the Chiefs have a Brett Maher experience from Butker and uh, fumble some stuff. So like, okay, I've said enough. Let's go Chiefs.
0: That was the divisional round of Figure It Out Pod app, Johnny, really appreciate your time, brother. Back next week, hopefully on Monday, with a Chiefs Victory Pod. Well, I guess, regardless, we will be back on Monday for a recap show. Um, I think that's it, brother. Awesome show tonight, man. I'll talk to you later, okay?
1: See you, Chan.